Welcome to part two of this out-of-line discussion with Michael Gunger. So you've been around on the scene for a few years now, but I guess you would have had a following before social media was even a thing, right? Like you guys were yeah. like super fame in the in the music world. Christian music before social media was even a thing, right? Before it was the thing it is now, for sure. Okay. I guess, yeah. It was my, we had a MySpace. Oh, hey. So was that your entry point into social media? Was yeah, MySpace. MySpace. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. And then, is there... It was there, the Michael Gunger band, but it, which eventually evolved into Gunger. So, yeah. Okay. I'd call it the same career. Do you know what year that was? Like, whenever MySpace came out? 2000 what five or something four somewhere in there yeah i think four but yeah somewhere around there um it's been a while yeah it's been a while it's kind of crazy so you've Is changed still up myspace still uh, yes but i don't know if it's in the same i don't know if anyone uses it wouldn't it be funny if there's like an underground scene yeah. that still uses i bet it's there i bet there's like weird something oh, weird i that hope goes so. on. i really hope to meet somebody that that's that's their <sighs> primary zone like well i'm really i i know it's not as popular as one once was but i really feel like it's gonna have a comeback and i'm just uh, myspace i just i think the the platform is superior okay if you're listening to this and you know someone who still uses myspace have them email me now <laughs> we need them we like need yesterday them. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's um so that was, yeah, what, 13 years ago? Something like that. So you've changed a little bit in that A time. little bit, yeah. Yep. I wouldn't have answered the, the last question the same way then. Mm. I'd have been like, it's really just about the devil making making the lies in our brains, <laughs> in our hearts. So your accent's changed in the last yeah. 13 years is what you're telling me. <laughs> you used to talk like yeah. a small southerner. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Apparently. It's fine. I like it. So has your criteria changed from back then to now of like what you'll talk about online? Like you're obviously now like you're pretty open. Mm -hmm. I Googled you before because I've never Googled you before, but I was just like, I want to Google my friend and see what comes up. And I was like, oh my, so many (laughs) scandalous articles. (laughs) No wonder you're stressed about having a naked butt in your music video. People (laughs) Freak the fuck out over you. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Each of those articles like cost me money. Did they? Well, yeah. We'd have gigs cancel and. <sighs> but now you're writing music for Justice League, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. That's been like. That's a different conversation. That, go anywhere you want to go. Dive in or don't. I've been trying... Any stuff that I've been composing lately, I've just been in this... Um, it's like a video game to me. I just kind of do it and play it. It's fun. Uh, and just the other day, I was thinking, like after this church shooting, I was thinking about like the the systemic 
issues that give rise to so many of these mass shootings. And I've got to think that one of them is the glorification of violence in the media. Mm. And all of our, you go, all of our heroes, all of our movies, even what we report on the news, everything, violence is the thing that gets our attention and it's romanticized and it's glorified. And those are our heroes. I'm like, I've been doing music for, <laughs> for precisely that. Mm. I'm like, is that bad? Am I, uh, and bad. Is it, are you is that helpful? Problem? Is that, is that the, how much do I want to spend all my energy on that? Yeah. Um, I was totally thinking about that. Yes. We just saw, we just saw Thor. Yeah. And I mean, there, there was this, great, it's amazing, but, yeah. but there was this one scene in particular where a character has two machine guns and in slow-mo they're like, it's this epic, like, look how cool they are. Yeah. And it was, he, both guns shooting slow-mo. And I was like, yeah. I actually felt pain watching yeah. the scene because I've found myself become so sensitive to gun violence, mm -hmm. even in something like you know, a novel comic book movie, I still am like, Oh no, mm -mm, yeah. no, that I don't, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. And it, it brought up a lot of like, you know, like looking around is, does everyone around me think this is cool? Cause I don't think like, I want to write the director and be like, not cool. It's not cool. It's not. But how many future mass shooters are watching that very scene in the exactly. theater this week? I was thinking that while I was watching Thor. God, I know it's, it's hard to be a human. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, sorry. there's like nothing else to say there. Because <laughs> what I mean, everybody does a job that in some way fucks something up. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess there's there's no perfect job that doesn't in some you're, you're using resources, you're polluting the earth, you're using whatever, you're you're hurting something, mm -hmm. and you're helping something. And you're, well, and it's like what you guys said um, when we went to your your um, liturgist gathering. Um, I don't. I need an enemy, but I don't want to be someone's enemy. But I totally am. Like yeah. someone, someone out there somewhere is like white girls with pink hair make me hate my life, or mm -hmm. something way more intellectual than that. But what I'm trying to say is somewhere out there, I am someone's enemy. Even ISIS, I'm their enemy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be anyone's enemy. I'm like, no, if we sat down together, we could probably find something in common, but I'm their enemy. I don't stand for what they stand for. Mm -hmm. So anyway, back to what do you, what will you share online and what won't you? Are there things now that you're like, Ooh, maybe I, sh maybe I'm not going to share that. Cause maybe there's going to be another, another wave of articles or are those people so over you that they're writing about someone else? I think they're mostly over me. Um, Cause the devil they took know you. That the devil took me fully. And I name I took on the name Vishnu Das. I think, <laughs> I think that's probably a little step too far for the Christians, the Christian what? right. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's fantastic. I mean, the people that we found that are our people now are more like they get get us. And for the first time, these last this last couple of years in the podcast that I do, the Liturgist podcast with my friend Science Mike, 
has done so much, not only to find new people, um, but also to clarify, like, who are we? When you write just music, and especially when we've incorporated talking about God in our music through the years, um, people just can read into that whatever they want. And like, oh, you're a Christian band. Like, uh, I mean, you can say that if you want. Are you listening to the lyrics? though? <laughs> uh, but they don't have to listen to the lyrics. They can kind of like, it says God. It says like, um, so they assume, oh, then you must, you must think that gay marriage is a sin like I do. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if there's anything like our, we talk about, we're pretty open about everything. I've, there are times I wrestle with like, should we say this? And so far, every time that I've gone into that wrestle has turned into, yes, I'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Even knowing you, there are so many times you're like, I don't think I'm ready to talk about that online. And then like the next day there's a tweet that's like, by the way, and then, or like, I don't think I'm going to tell anyone about Vishnu. And then it's like, okay, there's a podcast episode about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's some of the, I've seen, especially coming from the Christian world, so much duplicity um, and double lives and and closeted things that end up being repressions that turn into full-out life crises a few years later because it popped up its head in some other really destructive way. And so I've always just been like, nope, not going to have that kind of life. I don't care what it costs me. I'm not going to have that life. I'm yeah. not going to build an empire on a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know that'll crumble eventually. Like why is it? I'm not going to bother with it. So if you don't like me for what I am, then go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so true. I have, and partly that's partly why I like being your friend because I'm just like, what? It's how I am. Take it or leave it. But I was saying to Jaden yesterday, we have um, Australia just voted on gay marriage and we're waiting on the results with all of our fingers and toes crossed and sweating and everything. But I was saying to Jaden yesterday how angry I am because one of our Australian friends told us that he couldn't vote. He just didn't. He chose not to participate in the vote because he said morally he couldn't get behind gay marriage. And this person is very intense. Jeez. Christian. Couldn't get behind it morally. And then about a month later, it came out that he was having an affair and had been for 13 months. Um, And I'm just like, right. So like, and this is where my eight, like my justice comes up. And I'm just like, look, I'm all about you living a perfect life and wanting to, you know, leave other people to live theirs. That's fine. But the minute that you start saying, I can't stand for you because of your morals and your, then your morals had better be spotless. Otherwise do not tell me that you can't vote that someone else can marry the love of their life because of morals when you're doing that. So anyway, what you're saying, I absolutely like, there is so much in the faith community and in like super, super duper Christian worlds and Mormon and, you know, like lots of, anytime there's a ton of really fundamentalist thinking, it encourages people to not be authentic and genuine and be real with what is actually going on in their life. So 
I mean, I'm with you. I'm like, look, here's the real me. Yep. Yeah. This is all of it. If I don't, the, the people that I don't trust the most are the people that seem like you can't, you can't see it when you meet them. Like, where is the, where's your, uh, whatever your vice or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's, what's your, yeah. Like the Enneagram threes. <laughs> Everything seems like it's together. <laughs> you have all this moral superiority. Oh, you, there's some dark shit going on. For sure there is. For sure. <laughs> there always is. Yeah. All you have to do is wait because I'm sorry, no one is that way, like long term. And maybe they fool themselves. Like, I think that was one of the things that when I was learning about the Enneagram, th- like specifically not to call out threes, but threes, like believe a lot of what they create in their mask wearing um, and so, you know, sometimes I think they buy, they buy it themselves, but then when it all crashes down, it, it's yeah, for me, especially, um, I'm someone who's just like, Oh no, can't, can't deal with that person. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Tell me about your bullshit or I don't want you. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I don't, I've never understood other than I, and maybe I'm too cynical about it, but anybody that's ever like trying to preach their morals to other people, I'm like, Oh, you're, you're only covering up something in yourself. Mm. Cause why do you, why the hell would you care that those people get married and are happy? Especially said, that the government, why do you care yeah, that the government is involved God. with their happiness? They're trying, what they're trying to do is find a virtue in themselves. They can be proud of to cover up how fucked up they are. <laughs> They yeah. can hold on to that. Well, no, I'm a, I, I, I know it's hard. It's the hard position in our culture to take the position that the word of God is true and that these people are living in sin. That's the hard position, but I'm going to be morally upright and righteous and saying that. Fuck you. You are covering up your own bullshit Preach. by judging other people. You're scapegoating them so you don't have to see who you are. It's gross. Not good. Not good. Not good. So that's, that's good. Thanks for sharing your shit with us. Um, now. Oh, wait. So use I didn't really answer your question. Though, oh, okay. what I won't, I won't share. Um, what I have, the hardest thing that I have to, even when it was like talking about my name, Vishnu Das was, how is this going to affect the people that I love? Mm. Um, and I don't want to share things that are going to, harm the people that I love in any way. Um, you know, so I don't know what that would be, but, um, story, personal stories that might out, out somebody that, or, you know, there's things that I'll I'll be discreet or try to be wise with protecting people. Um, but as far as like who I am, I try to not, I don't hide anything, but there are some, I might not volunteer how passionate I am about, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm, I don't just like. Yeah. You think of other people. You're, you're happy to take responsibility and be honest about everything going on for you, but you're not going to be like, well, Lisa's going through this or like science Mike's going through this. You're going to, or even if it's something that has to do with you, you're going to check in with them first yeah. if it might affect them. Exactly. That's cool. I like that. That's good. Um, and I know Twitter's like your main social media channel, right? Yeah. 
Or is it, but you also have like a lot of followers on Facebook, right? Uh, for Gunger. But it's not yours. It's Gunger. It's my band. Um, but there's like, that's Turbulent Waters in there. Because you got the old blood with the new blood. Yeah. It's kind of like the Drake <laughs> yeah. passage. The cold water and the hot water exactly. is mixing and it's just choppy. Yeah, so it's hurricane in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Twitter. Twitter's where you hang out. And I follow you on Twitter and I would say I don't hear or see much about like your kids, dad life, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So is that something that's intentional for you? Do you do you, are you careful about not sharing a lot of your your private life with your daughters on social media or is that just how I do it, it occasionally. I feel like I don't know for me Twitter is mostly about ideas in, in my brain and that's partly why I probably gravitate towards it as a five. Um, you're on there to like, whereas an Instagram, I have an Instagram, but I rarely use it. Um, but my daughters are much more present on there. Cause that feels more like sharing your daily life. And to me, that's my, my perception of it. Um, most the ways I engage with Twitter are about ideas and, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not afraid to share about my daughters necessarily, but usually, uh, I usually I usually am on there for the ideas. Got it. Clear. <laughs> the uh, the politics. The uh, the Philosophy, the ugly stuff. The, yeah, whatever. No, oh, that's cool. I like it. Um, is there anything you wish? Do you think you- I should put more of my daughters on there? No, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's your, your energy on Twitter is like, I'm here to, to brew. Um, it's like your own processing of what's going on in the world yeah. and politics. So it's not necessarily like, I love my daughter. Cause that just, oh, yeah. I mean, if you did that, I'm sure people would be like, oh, but it, <laughs> it would be very, it's like, it's different to your voice there. Yeah. Your voice there is more advocacy. Yeah. Love, meditation, faith, religion, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if you were like lots of family daughter stuff, I think it would be like, oh, okay. Maybe he's about to have a podcast episode about a third name. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, But no, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think, I think it's on brand for you. (laughs) So, you know, is there, is there anything you wish you hadn't revealed? No, um, I kind of wish we had changed the band name at I Am Mountain uh, to avoid some of that hot water, cold water situation. (laughs) Um, Just we've been so misunderstood. And it's been like learning about branding through the pain of all that. Um, about like people, what they first latch on to, why they're, why they're following you, why they purchase your stuff, why they, whatever they like that. Right. It's obvious. And then, so when you change, they get mad (laughs) and it's obvious. It's understandable. Uh, it's funny to see like our friends, Rhett and Link, did you see their, uh, they got hammered this week on their YouTube with their new format. What do they what do they change? It just got better. They they have multiple camera act, 
angles, the sound is better. And people are like, go back to Shane. They're like, what is this? People are so mad. (laughs) People hate change. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That Uh, is so funny. Oh. So, and they did, they did, they went from one video a day to four videos a day. I don't know how they, how do they even do that? They're crazy. (sighs) That makes me tired just thinking about it. Yeah, I know. They're, they're the, some of the most productive people that I've ever met. That's insane. Um, but yeah, people get mad just at little changes. So it's funny, like when we started the liturgists, I thought, I thought that could be the place that we funnel all the Christians that wanted Gunger to be this like Christian music thing and wanted, and we're like, here's the liturgists is about church stuff. And mm-hmm. We talk about faith and science and art. Uh, but it's so funny. Like the liturgist immediately became the more progressive audience. I was like, how is this? the? Okay, there's way more, like there's a good percentage of non-religious atheists, secular humanists that listen to the liturgists. And there are some in Gunker, but <laughs> we were pre- it was precisely trying to do the opposite. Like let's... <laughs> um, but people can see, I think they can see who you are. I mean, when they feel like who you are, when you start something, a new brand, and then they want that to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that as much as I do now, I, I kind of wish we would have just started a new brand for who we had significantly changed from who we started as Gunger. And then I am mountain is kind of where I draw that line a few through like four records ago. Um, well, and it's weird because it's your name too. So yeah, it's not like you can just be like, oh, that band. That... I know, that band, my name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... <sighs> so anything you wish you hadn't revealed, no. You just wish you'd, you would have changed the band name. Been smarter about branding. Name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyone out there, if you're thinking about totally changing your brand, just change the name. Change the name. Yeah. That's it's good. Not... That's not that bad. That's good. That's yeah. good advice. All right. Good. I like it. Practical advice. <laughs> practical. Let's get practical. Let's um, get practical with Vishnu Das. <laughs> new podcast out now. <laughs> you can do it. You, hey, if Rhett, and, if Rhett and Link can come out with four videos a day, you can start an app that comes out with four minute long meditations for every day. You can record them all in like a day and then just churn them out for the next year. You'll make a million. <laughs> Free ideas from Caroline. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Last three questions. Um, one, uh, by the way, I have a, a sponsored question. And did I tell you that? I no. Forget. Is that okay? I'm excited about that. Okay. Is um, Coca-Cola the best? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it has nothing to do with obesity. Yep, that's what it's about. This episode no. <laughs> brought to you by McDonald's. Where we're going to talk we're, about fat people. Where we're going to talk about fat people. Oh, man, no. No. Um, so I am working with Cat Footwear for my first year of podcasting, which nice. is awesome because they started working with me before I had even released an episode. Um, and so I feel pretty lucky about that. And one of the reasons why it's a good fit is because they're all about taking risks in creativity. So... You create all the time. You create a lot of risky things all the time. How do you know in your body when you're onto a new idea? Mm. Onto a new good idea? Yeah. Like 
yeah, it could be good or or just like, oh, I'm on to something here, even yeah. if I have to develop it a little bit. Yeah. No, it is a physical sensation, isn't it? It's like um Well, and you meditate all the time, so yeah. you're good at being in your body. I mean it's 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 an exhilaration, it's an it's an excitement, it's an electricity. Um and that like the right idea, it feels it feels like almost another like, another energy that you like have met or something. Like, mm. um, another dimension. Well, it, it almost feels foreign, like the, the idea of the muse. Mm. Like it, it has handed you this thing. The muse has given you this thing, this idea, this vision, this. And when you meet, it's like a living thing. And to, uh, there's some ideas that I have that it feels like I'm dealing with a corpse. And there's some ideas that it feels like I'm dealing with a living being. Almost. It's like, what do you want to be? What do you want to become? And it's exhilarating. It can't, it holds my attention. It holds my focus. It holds my emotions in that place because it's like it feels alive and I can be present with that thing um so it is a little bit like it feels foreign I, I get why people even growing up in the Christian church and people would put that into Christian language and say like God gave me this idea God gave me this song whatever and I used to just roll my eyes mm -hmm. um but that's what it feels like <laughs> it's like that's what uh however you put it whether the muse gave it to you God gave it to you the the fairies gave it to you uh, or whether you put it in brain chemistry terms that you're this part of your, you know, cerebral cortex fired this synapse based on this stimulus that came into your consciousness at that point, like wh whatever's actually happening, who cares what it feels like mm. is you were gifted this thing that didn't really come from you, that it was kind of handed to you and you discovered it and now you have to steward it and figure out your relationship with it do you go looking for that or does it happen without your control i think you can put yourself in a position where it happens more often as far as like showing up to work showing up uh making making sure that your head is clear enough to be able to hear uh making sure that your heart is open enough to be able to feel what needs to be felt as you relate to that because like the idea can come along you can be all clogged up emotionally and spiritually and physically in a way that like you don't have the presence to give to the idea that, that it needs and the the openness the flexibility the courage mm. that it needs and um so a lot of times if i'm in a my creative process is paying attention to my body is paying attention to um, what's happening inside. And then a lot of times I know that for me to be in the space that I need to be in, I, I got to get out of the studio. I got to, I got to go float or I got to be outside for a while. Or I need I just, I just use a movie. I just use some, a good book or some good meal or some friends or like, um, paying attention to the balance of my own energy internally. Um, cause then when the idea presents itself, I have, the necessary energy to be able to uh, be responsible with it, I guess.
Mm. You just mentioned floating. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if that's already the answer to, your, to this question. How do you how do you take time out for yourself? Um, how do you practice self care and self love? Mm-hmm. Floating is a big one. Um, I mean, meditation is my biggest discipline that keeps me in the headspace that I like to be in, um, which is just a little bit quieter as, a, as, as Enneagram fives thoughts, you can live in your mind and thoughts can just take control. Um, and you try to find your value in those thoughts. And so for me to like clear out those thoughts and just be present, um, in a non-attached way is where I feel the most, my most true self. Um, and when I'm like, then anything that I'm trying to do, I'm more productive. I'm more present with it. I'm more, you know, um, the thoughts are clearer. They're better. Um, how often so, do you meditate? Every day. And depends on the condition of my mind, how much I feel like I'm needing to, um, sometimes several times a day. Sometimes, you know, was it last week? I think it was last week. I, I've, for the first time in a long time, I was, I was feeling some depression, like a little mild depression, which I, I haven't felt in a long time. Um, and I couldn't tell what it was. I think maybe it was on my man period of some kind. Um, which I think is a real thing. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually wrote it down cause I'm like, I'm going to keep it. If I feel this again, like in a month, I'm going to be, Oh, okay. This is part of some sort of cycle. <laughs> cause it's just hormonally. I felt weird. Hmm. Um, and so I tried, you know, and that's part of why I started working out as well, like uh, balancing the dials <laughs> of the physiological being, like the physiological organism. Uh, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not eating right, if I'm not getting enough sunlight, because I'm in the studio, if I'm not. So I was just, I was, I didn't get hardly any work done last week because I felt the dials were off. Hmm. Um, and needed to get in balance. So I, a couple days in a row, I went and did two and a half hour floats. Can you um, describe what a float is? A float is you go into this sensory deprivation tank. It's totally dark um, and totally quiet. You have earplugs in. You just lay naked in, in salt water that's body temperature, and there's just nothing. Like you don't, and normally it's for an hour, but I did two and a half hour sessions <laughs> last week. Wow. And, Were you just a uh, raisin when you got out every time? I guess so. When you get, I mean, when I get out, there's no, your physical body is it's like this. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, do you think a lot when you're in there or do you try to just quiet your mind and just be, just be for me? Some people think a lot. That's so um, interesting that you said about the depression thing, by the way, because you're the third person this week that said, that said to me, like, I've just had a really weird little, out of really? I don't know what it is, but I would call it depression. Third person this week. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, maybe world events have something to do with it. I actually asked one of them, do you think it has anything to do with what's going on in the world? And they were like, I don't know. It actually feels more like chemically off in my body. That's it felt chemically to me too, but that's so weird. Isn't that weird? I just have to, I just had to say not to like take it away from you, but like, that's so weird that the third person in literally. Oh, that's really weird. Cause I did. I wasn't, 
I wouldn't have said it. It didn't feel like external either. It felt like an internal thing, but that's really weird that you would say, but it was an odd internal thing that was out of the ordinary. Yeah. Same with these other two people. So interesting. Well, I'll uh, keep checking in with all three of you. And see if anything. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so interesting. I'm like, I'm fascinated by that. Um, okay, cool. Last question, you know, ending on a light note, not really. What's, um, what's something that you believe you have in common with everyone? I know you're really into oneness and connectedness. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like in, in actual practice and reality? What do you have in common with even fat people in Wisconsin that are the most religious that have nothing to do with you? Yeah. Um, one of my meditation practices that I've been doing lately that I've really been enjoying and getting a lot out of and, um, plan on doing diving deeper and deeper with it if I can is moving. Uh, it's hard to even describe moving more into my body, into the awareness of oneness than out of it. If it makes any sense. So uh, there's this, this girl that we had on the podcast recent, our podcast recently named Christina Cleveland who talked about how transcendence is kind of typically a, a stereotypically a, a more masculine um, sort of direction spiritually and in more incarnation is more of a feminine. Um, and of course that doesn't mean men go one way and women do it, but just as far as they're kind of different energies and call one masculine, call one feminine. Um, and I've typically been more of a transcending in my spirituality, transcending this physical body to see the oneness and everything and everyone. And lately I've been, there's this um, meditation teacher. Um, her name is Judith. Let me see. I should say it cause she's really good. I want to give her credit. Cool. Um, does iOS 11 just fuck up your phone? I hate it. It's terrible. And I still don't have my freaking eyes working. So every time I type I, it still does that weird a thing. Horrible. Okay, so Judith Blackstone. Blackston? Blackstone. Stone. And and she teaches this way of going into your body, like fully into your body. So she'll have you like inhabit your feet for a while. And then inhabit your and just be there in your feet as as you. And feel what that sense of self is like there and then move up through your whole body and feel it all together and then feel how that's permeable and basically move it's working with fundamental consciousness is the idea and so um and then seeing how fundamental consciousness the stillness underneath it all that gives rise to my consciousness that i think of as my consciousness is what permeates everything and everyone and is everywhere and ev and everything, um, the underneath of everything. So moving inward. So fundamental consciousness is a fun way of saying it, of what connects us, what I share in common with everyone. It is that, and this is some, one thing to talk about another thing to experience. Um, and when you experience it and you can clearly just feel the connection between everything and everyone, it's a different thing than just like philosophically saying, yes, I believe, you know, we're all mm. made of stardust or we're all like, that's a, that's an interesting idea. 
but to feel by going inward enough to feel what is the most subtle fundamental level of what I feel as self when I think of as my body as my consciousness and getting so into that like what is that and can you just experience that and can I experience that in my foot <laughs> and can I experience that in my legs and, I can experience it and through my whole body and can I experience it all at once with my body and then with my eyes open and standing and can I feel it in this room beyond my skin and then can I just let it go out to everything and everyone and that's um can you sometimes i don't i and that's my spiritual where i'm trying more and more to like just stay there um because philosophically i'm there i'm i and i and the way i see people has radically shifted in my words and and i see somebody and i think we are connected I'm looking at the face of God and I can feel something in that when I think that. Um, but there's still a level uh, that went in meditation that I go deeper into that. Uh, my own consciousness being aware of its own subtle foundation of all. Mm. Um, and so going inward in that journey rather than just like transcending and kind of being out of my body has been an interesting and enjoyable uh experience coming to oneness like from the opposite way sort of and the practice of staying there instead of shifting in and out when mm -hmm. you're when you're practicing it yeah nice. wow that's a good one i like it thanks and this whole interview i keep getting mental pictures of you face down in the snow <laughs> peeing <laughs> and i've had that's, yeah and this you should never take anything i say too seriously because i'm that dude on the side of the mountain with his I've dick had to, like, in the snow <laughs> bite my tongue because I've been like oh, oh I'm gonna laugh I'm gonna laugh I'm about to laugh and it's just because I'm just seeing you yeah. in your snowsuit no, down in the snow yeah, and it's the best picture I've ever seen that's it's the true picture of me. But see, it's it's an aspect of the truth. That's why that's why I love being friends with you because we can literally be talking about oneness and where we feel it in our bodies and get into theology and all sorts of culture and then all of a sudden just be talking about dicks in the snow. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. I don't that's another like how can I don't know how to be friends with people that you can't talk about dicks in the snow. I just don't even know how to do it. <laughs> Like how can you, if you can say that God is all, then you have to see that it's funny that God is a dick peeing in a snow bank. Well, how is that not hilarious? It is funny. It's very funny. <laughs> I think it's very funny, but I also am a very, some people would say twisted. Yesterday we ran into a friend at a coffee shop and he said to me, oh, that that you would really love this show. It's filthy. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thank you. Great. You're pretending to be offended. I wasn't. I liked it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm the right friend for, for Dicks in the Snow. So yes. thanks so much for uh, going to all the places. Of course. <laughs> That's why we're friends. <laughs> Amazing. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. 
Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast. And let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?